Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. Summer. Summer's here. Finally. Thought it would never get here. This is when you'll see a turn in your landscape. And so the aphids and thrip have been horrific. They love long, humid, cool springs, and they just overtake. So you couldn't spray your birch, your aspen, your aspens, your plums, roses enough. They kept coming back. Of course, every night you'd watch the sunset and, and there was like dust flying across the landscape. And those were all thrip and aphids flying around looking for more to eat in your landscape. Well, those bugs, they don't like summer. So you'll find they just disappear. I don't know where they go to. I think they vaporize or what I really know they do is they go underground and they camp out where it's cool until this fall. Then they'll show back up and they'll crawl back up and start to suck on your foliage again. That sounds bad. Ooh, sucking on foliage. That's not good in your landscape. And so we've been spraying that with a nice organic. Well, now what happens is the bugs start to become bigger. Everything grows faster as we warm up. So we've been in that 70s, low 80s, and now all of a sudden we're in the 80s and 90s. Well, plants just grow. Not only do they grow, they grow in the day and they grow at night. Whereas in the spring, what happens is the plants actually slow down. They just kind of take a break. As it gets under 50 degrees, they just go, well, I'm kind of chilly right here. I'm not going to grow anymore. I'm just going to grow during the day, not during the night. And so they grow at like half pace. That's why it's so beneficial. If you're planting right now and you can actually water things, I mean, I wouldn't put it in the ground and water it once and walk away and go on that cruise around the, through the, through the canal. I would actually be there to nurture and care for it. If you can water things, man, do they grow fast and they grow day and they grow night because the night times are finally warm enough. They're continuing going, well, you know, I think I'll just keep on. And you'll notice that the plants grow twice as fast right now. Well, your plants grow fast. Well, so do the bugs and so do the weeds. And so everything grows. It's a greenhouse effect. It's just warm day and night. And so things are just growing actively. So now all your summer weeds get really bad. Things like tumbleweed, whorehound, uh, this big gray-blue foliage with a taproot that goes down to China. It's a, it takes a backhoe to get the thing out of the ground. It's terrible. Uh, tumbleweed, just it, it's got a thousand seed on this huge. They they can grow the size of VW beetles. I mean, just they're huge. Especially if we get some summer rains, they get they like triple down. Uh, the goat head, the one that's been a cute little thing about. Oh, the size of a softball. Just been sitting there looking at us. When you lift up, look underneath, it'll have like 20, 30 goat heads, these seed heads with these spikes coming out. When your dog walks on them, it kind of goes, kind of goes, go, it hurts. I've had, uh, I've had goat head pop tractor tires, ATV tires, bike and footballs. The kids just can't keep inner tubes filled with goat head. All those plants love the summer. They grow fast. So that thing will go from softball size to the size of, I mean, as far around as you can reach uh, that big and not just 20 seed heads. Now it's got 2000. I mean, just, it's a whole nother scale. So you really do want to watch things now 
and actively, this is an active garden season. Summers when you truly want to watch the water and you want to watch the bugs, watch the weeds. You want to get those plants to grow. I was helping a customer just before the show started here at the garden center and, uh, their tomatoes, they were growing like crazy, setting flowers, but not setting fruit. I'm going, well, that's typical. Tis the season. This is when that happens. That's why they use, or that's why they make blossom set. So blossom set, uh, what happens is tomatoes, peppers, uh, squash, cucumbers, uh, they can grow so fast. They're, they're, they're feeding off of all that fertilizer you gave them, the manures that you put in the ground. They're just actively growing. They literally forget to stop and fruit. The flower just keep growing, flower, keep growing, grow, 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 grow. What the blossom set does is you spritz the foliage of the plant. You don't focus on the flowers of a, of an eggplant. You don't focus on the flowers of a, of a bean. You focus on the foliage. And what it does is it forces that plant to kind of throttle back for just a minute, have it take a breath, kind of goes, Oh boy, I've been early growing fast. It goes, Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm a tomato plant. I should actually probably form a, I don't know, a tomato. That's a novel idea. And so if you do that, like once a week, spray the foliage. All of a sudden, it will start loading up with fruit. And once you get it in the habit of forming fruit, it just keeps going. Also, blossom set will form, like I notice, a little bit larger fruits when you're using that. So I use it regularly, even after it's fruiting on my peppers or, or squash or, or pumpkins. I'll spritz that foliage. Once it starts fruiting, I'll kind of go back and spritz it maybe, I don't know, a couple times a month. Just kind of like until the bottle runs out. Then I kind of go, up. Oh, that's it. We're done. By then, it's September. You kind of go, nah, that's good. I'll buy another bottle next year. But Blossom Set really helps your gardens at a high altitude or, or, or mountain type of gardens. You'll use that particular product more than you would in other areas. The other one that's like that, uh, Blossom End Rot. I'm noticing that I did have one tomato come off. It had the very stem was starting to rot, even though I'd put calcium in my soil. I put it in the gardens before I put the plants in. But still, I had just this little touch. I'm going, doggone it. You better behave. I don't want any rotten tomatoes or squash or cucumbers that just fall off. They, t- they start to form, turn yellow, fall off. Uh, peppers will get blossom and drought like that. They'll start to form. They'll get this blossom, this dead or, or, or rotten end, and then just shrivel up and they fall off. That's blossom and rot. It's usually almost always a calcium deficiency. And so it shows up this time of year because you've been watering so much during the heat of the day. So you're trying to keep things going. And so a lot of the nutrients have flushed out. So that probably means two things. One, you probably ought to fertilize uh, the plants again. You fertilize them back in March and April. Well, it's been a couple months. It's time to probably sprinkle a little more fruit and vegetable food around the plants. That'll help take some of that edge off. And then what I do, they make a liquid calcium. It's called yield booster. Y-E-I-L-D. Yield, yield booster. Like yield to the, to the yellow bus. Yield, yield, yield booster. You spritz that. And I almost, I almost switch off. Once a week, I spray it with either yield booster or blossom end rot through the season. And what yield booster is, it's a, it's an available calcium to that plant through the foliage, through the stems. So it's like liquid calcium. And so it eliminates like right now, 
blossom and rot. I mean, once a fruit has rot on it, it's going to continue to grow and be rotten. But every new fruit after that will come out uh, rotten free. Also, calcium increases the size of fruits and increases the flavor, makes it sweeter. Calcium is a real, it's one of those elements that plants need to really bring the flavor and fragrance out of flowers and and, and, uh, vegetables and things. So those two things I can tell you right now make a big difference. Like, like put it on this afternoon and it will make a difference. Like by the end of this week, it'll be, whoa, okay. Wow. Ken was right. That guy on that radio, he's he, he might be pretty smart. Doggone it. That, that blossom in rot, it really did go away. The blossom set really did start to set more fruit. It's a game changer, but I'm seeing quite a few customers coming in with, I've got this big plant and it's not producing yet. In fact, one gal said, I'm about to rip it out of the ground. I went, whoa, whoa, it's, it's finally ready to go. Just, just spritz some of this on every once in a while. It'll make a difference. Trust me. It'll be good. And so some little things go a long ways. Right now, don't don't let those weeds get ahead of you. Oh, my gosh. They're growing so fast. Tumble, not tumbleweeds, the um, uh, dandelions. Oh, my gosh. They went from cute little things to <laughs> they're knee high now. And they're growing even faster. Everything grows faster when that soil and the nighttime temperature is warmer. You're, it's, it's a good time to plant a tree, a shade tree. You can almost get like two extra feet of of growth out of it rather than waiting till the fall of the year just by planting it now. If you can control that watering, watering's a secret. If you can can get out there and water it a couple times a week, a new tree, good enough. It will grow like crazy for you. A lot in store for you this show, but we got to pay for the bills a little bit. Be right back after these important messages. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. Waters companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in 1 year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week with your garden questions, just what's going on in your neighbor's yard. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. Good to be here, as always. How good is it to be here? It's air-conditioned in here, so I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a warm one this week, so it's finally, I mean, to be in the 90s, June 90s, goes together. Right. But the humidity later in the week started to go up like, oh, now it's 90s and humid, 30% yeah. 
Humidity. That's for us, though. That's a lot. So, yeah, that heat's just been a little little rough lately, but you find cool places to hang out. Ooh, shade. Shade. Lots of shade. You right. run from shade. That's why we have so much uh, gr- greenhouse glass. Yeah. Uh, yes, it controls the spring cold, but then we've got uh, automatic shade structure. Shade uh, it draws over the mm-hmm. – so it gets the sun out of the greenhouses. So you kind of jump from one greenhouse to the other greenhouse to the tree racks. Yeah. Uh, so, and then you just squirt yourself with the hose while you're out there too. <laughs> we need we need customer umbrellas. Everyone's issued an umbrella so they could walk out, and shop the shrubs, mm. and okay, maybe that's too. I'll much. work on that. Yeah. No. <laughs> so anyway, this is garden yeah. questions. So yeah, it's garden <clears throat> questions. So Dan would like to buy his father a Father's Day gift of a fast-growing shade tree for his new home <laughs> that he has out in Chino. And he wants to know what recommendations you would have. So, yeah, Chino Valley. There's some beautiful trees. Actually, that whole valley from, from Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, uh, Paulden, that whole area is sort of the same. Mm-hmm. And so I would even say Dewey, that, that, that Dewey where the, you get that tunnel effect through those hills. Uh, but you need, you need trees that can take sun, wind, and they've got that hard pan, that soil. And then... Most people are on wells out there. Not everyone, but but most people have a well. So they tend to terribly overwater things. It's just amazing how much, when water's free, you just every day let it run nonstop. And so it just kind of, you need trees that can handle that. Mm-hmm. And so, gosh, some ideas. Fast growing, shade tree as a Father's Day gift. Yes. Perfect weekend for that. And so I would start with sycamores. Mm-hmm. Biggest, one of the biggest growing natives. Uh, there, there's a, a Arizona variety and a European called Blood Good variety, <clears throat> and fast growing, big leaf, thick shade, takes the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take all that 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 <clears throat> that what we're talking about. One that's sort of like that. There's a lot of them up and down that valley. Is is Autumn Blaze Maple. Mm-hmm. It's a big growing maple. It's it's a red. It's the fastest growing of the red maples. And so it gets up maybe 35, 40 feet tall, kind of 20 feet wide, and it goes, it gets there fast. Yeah. And thick shade. Again, it's, it's mm-hmm. a very good tree. Uh, uniquely uh, made to handle the wind. It doesn't sure. get that leaf tear right. that so many maples get. Neither does yeah. a sycamore. Mm-hmm. What else? Golden locust. Locust would, that would be, be a good one. So. Um, some of the elms, like the Princeton oh, elm, yeah. would Shoot. be an amazing tree weed. out there. Yeah. yeah. Now, don't don't plant Siberian elm or Chinese Ooh, elm. It's a weed. Truly, its seeds come up everywhere. But there's new varieties we bred. That uh, there's a there's a alley elm gets mm-hmm. bright red in the fall. Doesn't get the seeds. Grows fast. Super deep rooted. Mm-hmm. Uh, very drought hardy. Yeah. Doesn't get the elm leaf skeletonized. It's got everything you want. Uh, from the elm, like, like the native elms that grow around here, but without all the problems. We yeah. bred all that out. There's an American elm. We saw the one that's downtown Prescott. Mm-hmm. That would grow very well in Chino Valley. and gets big, yeah. like so instant shade. Lots of options to come check out. Yeah, Oaks. Oh, I keep ash. You keep, <laughs> there, you've got to come in here just or shop uh, top 10 trees.com. Top 10, the number 10, trees.com. Takes you right to our website. And all the pri- all the trees that are out there, it shows you the description, the size, the price. You can do all your research. You can even buy it there, pick it up in store. Mm-hmm. But probably best, 
Come it's a gift. Take a look at it. Come in. Yeah. yeah. Come see us. Definitely. Okay. Meg is in Prescott. She has a very dark shade spot in part of her house that she wants some shorter shrubs and some flowering perennials. Oh, okay. That's pretty easy. So, yeah. Actually, it's harder to grow that kind of area than it is in the sun. There's it actually is. more choices for the sunny spots because mm-hmm. we're that's the kind of environment we are at. Right. But dry shade mm-hmm. is actually can do you can do that. It's just a little bit more. The choices aren't as as broad. Right. Of course, number one selling flower for dry shade, hostas. I mean, just a, it's number one seller. I think it's the number one perennial sold in the country. Is it really? Yeah, but it, hmm. because of the East Coast. Yeah, folks, say not here. They're, they're crazy. <laughs> uh, but it does well here too. And, and animals seem to leave it alone. It's uh-huh. just a great little plant. Sure. Uh, it is truly a perennial. Mm-hmm. What are some others? Rock rose. No, that's more that's of a sun. sun. I was thinking some of the like the Roxanne geraniums. Oh, sure. Like perennial, yeah, geraniums. perennial geraniums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, bugleweed? Bugle, sure. Not bugleweed. What's it called? Bugle. I don't know. I'm thinking <laughs> the number one, though, a true weed is yeah. Vinca oh, or Periwinkle's right. another name. Mm-hmm. Just a ground cover that just grows. You really got to make sure it stays in, it stays in check or it can right. take over an area. Mm-hmm. But Columbine, uh, yeah. uh, just all kinds of clematis. Grace, Gracewood lithodora. Grace. Lithodora is great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're going off on Latin people. That's <laughs> no, good. The shrubs, yeah. you're looking at yews, hollies, mm-hmm. hydrangeas. Yeah. Do amazingly well. We've mm-hmm. got pinks and whites and blues. Uh, does really well here. And they'll come back year right. after year for you. So mm-hmm. that's another one. We've got two sections of nothing but shade. Right type of plants. So mm-hmm. come in and take a look and something will call to you. That, that's so unique. Right. And and look at some of the variegated varieties, mm-hmm. the creamy colors, the bright golds, Akuba, oh, yeah. like Aruba. It looks tropical, it does. but it's hardy as can be. It's got a big glossy evergreen leaf, yeah. it's, but it's got uh, green, glossy green with speckled gold. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty and a bright and, and it's a dark evergreen. I mean, you would never think that yeah. shrub would live here but we have yeah. one in our backyard underneath our, Got our two we have two i planted another one i liked that oh, another spot that was right. kind of dry that okay. it was shady it's underneath the mimosa i thought i'm gonna try that and it's just thriving okay. it's gone sub-zero with us yeah. several winters yeah so it's just a great little plant that's one that's good good yeah okay so come in check them out uh sandy has a question she has a peach tree the all of a sudden is starting to drop his peaches. Oh no! Not ripe. She wants to know what's going on with that. So um, it's stressed. You should <laughs> watch it. Hot? it. It's hot. <laughs> yes, it's hot. And so it's not unusual for pitted fruits mm-hmm. to shed. Pitted fruits shed in June. Very, very common. And what happens is the plant they load up with too many fruits, too many plums, too many cherries, too many apricots, nectarines peaches Mm -hmm. and so you get too many of them and so now it's gotten hot your irrigation that you had can't quite the plant wants more moisture than it's getting or receiving or it's hotter it could actually be it's perspiring faster than it can take up from the roots literally the roots only have so much capacity and then if it perspires faster it's hot faster than they can take water it can it can drop food fruit so mm-hmm. um, it'll it'll self 
prune. Right. Now, if the leaves are turning yellow, that's different than leaf drop than fruit drop. Mm -hmm. So I'd say you probably want on any pitted fruit at least half the fruit to go away. Otherwise, you're left with hundreds and hundreds of little tiny plums, little tiny peaches, little tiny fruits, and it's all pit, right. no no flesh. Mm -hmm. So you really do need to to thumb prune some of that fruit off of there, and that'll help the fruit that remains to be larger. So it's not concerning right. to have some fruit drop. I think mm -hmm. most folks freak out, you know, they see three peaches on the ground and they need to see 103 and they're going, oh no, what do I do? It's common. And then I would obviously water. Mm -hmm. You might even supplement, you know, hand water, some extra, put a soaker hose around that. That'll help that plant, you make sure that all the roots are hydrated instead of just where those two drippy knitters are. That could be part of it too. Oh, so. definitely. Yeah. I've seen way too many people with their emitters way too close to the trunks of their yeah. trees. You got to yeah. move them out. People. Yeah. And, and increase the numbers. So great questions this week, Lisa. Thanks for coming in. So sure. Ken and Lisa Lane, the mountain gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian Hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning, ever. Every backyard should have at least one, and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Oh no, my pine trees look terrible. Never fear, Plant Protector is here. Plant Protector? From Waters Garden Center? My super strength protector destroys pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into the soil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So I'm seeing two issues coming in the garden center right now. And one is overwatering. And the other one is underwatering. And, and mainly I'm talking trees, shrubs, vines, things that have a deep root structure. Now, your tomato plants, it's 100 degrees out, 90s, whatever it is. Uh, it probably does need watering every day. And if you're watering your flowers, your vegetables, your herbs, the shallower rooted things, your lawns, it's better to water early, early in the morning. Hydrate those plants before it gets hot during the day. Get out there at four, five, six o'clock in the morning, water before the heat of the day. You do not want to water in the evening. That's a Phoenix thing. When it's 110 degrees out and it's midnight, you can water whenever you want because things are going to dry out really fast. Of course, why would you be outside when it's 110 degrees out? I don't know. Why come up to God's country? It's so much nicer up here. It cools off in the evening. 
It gets nice out. The hummingbirds are out. The butterflies are saying good morning. That's when you want to water. In the evening, up here, it does cool down. It actually gets chilly. You might even need to put an, another layer on to fire up the, the fire pit or put the, heat, the, the patio heaters on in the evening. That's how it is up here. And so if you're watering at night and that foliage gets water and, and it stays on that foliage, you can get mildew really fast, leaf spots, the diseases, plant diseases really fast. They love warm dark, moist. So it just grows and the birds will spread it throughout the yard. It just becomes a problem and you'll come in for all kinds of sprays and we'll try to get ahead of it. But once you've got an issue, it's hard to get ahead of it. It's just, it's hard to handle. But if you spray your water, you hydrate things in the morning, they go through the heat of the day, plump. That's what you would do for yourself. You're going to go on a long, long hike. You not only hydrate before you leave, you, you take water with you. That's, that's how your plants, so this thing, they're like people. They just need some hydration before the heat of the day. Don't water them real late at night. I know they get kind of wilty, you know, tomato plants are all such a crybaby. Oh my God, I'm so hot. Oh, they start to weep and they droop and they're just complaining. And the second the sun goes down, they go, oh, no, I'm fine. Psych. I'm okay. Wait, wait till morning. I'll, I'll be fine in the morning. And so let them get through that heat. They're just, they're hot. They're not dry. They're just hot like you and I are. That's why we're running for the shade. If anything, don't water them. Give them an umbrella. They might like that. That's why sometimes you companion plant things where they, they work with, with each other. It's like that, that three sisters, the old uh, indigenous people plant three things together because they help each other. Well, plants can be the same way. Right now, the best thing you can do, absolutely the best thing you can do for your trees, shrubs, but especially flowers, vegetables, herbs, is don't let that, that soil sunburn. Right now, that sun is so intense. It's beating down. It's at its, it's coming up to its, 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 its summer heat, that summer height, longest day is like next week. And so what you, what the plants will do, the, the sun will bake that soil, start to crack and it starts to shrink and then it breaks roots inside that soil. So that you've been forming all, all spring and then it gets baked and sunburned and it starts to crack and separate and it breaks some of those root hairs. If you simply put a top dressing of some mulch, just some compost, don't use manure this time of year. It's too hot. Use a compost or shredded bark. I like I use shredded cedar bark myself. Cedar smells good. It's pretty. It's just just heavy enough. It doesn't doesn't blow away. Uh, cedar has an oil in it that repels bugs, and it'll decompose. It's small enough where it composts down, where I could just till it into the garden next year. It's a great one. Cedar bark's great. And so do something. Just a, a one two inch layer over that soil so it doesn't sunburn keep the sun off and get the moisture in, keeps that soil from shrinking back and forth. That is not good for your plants. So really, it's really not good, especially for your bigger vegetables or larger flowers like dahlias. They don't like to go, they don't like to go from wet to dry. Their flowers will start to shrivel and they, their bloom cycle is far, especially a dinner plate dahlia or a big zinnia. They want to stay consistently moist. Well, a top layer, a top layer of mulch helps with that. Uh, your your uh, tomatoes, 
big squash, pumpkins. Pumpkins, they're another crybaby. Oh, they get hot. Oh, they start weepy. They let you know about it. Just big old crybabies out there in the garden. Second the sun goes out, they go, ah, I'm fine. I'm okay. They were just hot, not dry. And so if you just put a little bit of, keep that soil a little bit cooler, and they'll, they'll go through that better. Your tomatoes, if they go through that dry to moist, they go, they have this big swing in temperature uh, of the soil and in moisture content. And that soil is, is, is shrinking like a sponge and then swelling back up. What will happen is it'll cause that tomato to have real thick skin or it'll cause it to be tough or, or it'll start to crack. So as that tomato swells up with water and then shrinks, swells up again, it'll start to form cracks or, or blemishes on the fruit. If you simply keep that soil consistently moist, not by more water, but by keeping the sun, keeping the sun off, don't let the soil get sunburned. That's the insider tip on gardening at high altitude. This sun is more intense than in other parts of the country because of our elevation. And so that plays out in your soils. Just some simple things make a big difference in your garden right now. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back with Lisa Waters in the lay. Wait. (laughs) Easy for you to say. I know. Must be uh, halfway through the show. Show my montage. <laughs> or, or you got heat stress. I'm not oh, yeah. sure. It's easy to do it. We were pruning trees. Oh, anyway, Lisa Watersley, my gal, <laughs> is in the studio. Zazaria fumbled the ball. The intro. Uh-huh. We were we were uh, pruning trees out there last weekend. So the summer growth or summer suckers have come out, and so the trees are looking really good. Mm-hmm. And then we um, and then we go through and we trim them so that they're training so they'll continue to grow at the exact the way we really want them to go. So we put the professional eye on them. Mm-hmm. So we've gone through all the racks. And last Saturday it was um, Sunday, Monday. It was 100 degrees. Mm-hmm. It was hot, <clears throat> and I did not hydrate enough. I started to get you know you get that headache, start to feel a little lightheaded, and you're going, I better sit in the shade for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> drink like a gallon of water. You can't yeah. drink water fast enough. Anyway, the crew came along training 
uh, Mackenzie, our daughter, how mm -hmm. to prune, how to shape trees, training cool. Savan, one of our horticulturalists, how to really put a professional eye on it. Mm -hmm. So just passing down that knowledge sure. to the next. It's important. To, the, to your staff. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is important. So it's fun, too. Fun working together. <laughs> yes. I, all I see, I walk up there and there's just a trail of. <laughs> Branches and branches. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, Ken must be up here somewhere. Yeah. We pick all the fruit off because oh, you know, know. It's, plants are either fruiting or rooting. We want right. them to we want them to root for right. folks. Mm -hmm. So we'll actually take maybe I'll keep one apple on or something, but we'll pick the crab apples. I'll pick the apples, the cherries, the, mm -hmm. pick the fruits off so that they're focused in on those roots. Right. So the plants customers are. Yeah. successful right right and that's what we want <clears throat> we want success we do we're not selling plants we're selling garden success mm -hmm. that's anyway we're on our soapbox <laughs> to the staff like we're at a staff meeting people are tuning in. i'm going to change the channel if you keep going down that path i'm going to change you try it one more time <laughs> anyway. <You> never know. <laughs> don't go anywhere folks we actually have some garden content and lisa shares her garden advice right this so segment. Yes. So this segment, I want to talk about those those trees and shrubs that really just shine this time of year. Oh, yeah. They're in bloom. They look beautiful. And, you know, a lot of that that spring stuff that was did look so pretty has kind of lost its luster. They're it just green blobs in the in the yard. <laughs> yeah, boring. Till right. fall, they'll, they'll be oh, great yeah. fall colors. Sure. But there's some things that just really love the heat, and they're just glorious in yeah. the heat. So um, one of the trees I'm seeing around town right now that is, I think they're the prettiest I've seen them in a long time, is the desert willows. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to say smoke bush. So. Well, that's <laughs> one of them, too. <laughs> No, but the desert willows are just really going crazy blooming right now and, and just look fabulous. Um, we kind of carry two main ones, the Timeless Beauty and the Sweet Katie Burgundy. Are What's the, the difference between Timeless Beauty and Sweet Katie <laughs> Beauty? Not a whole color of the blossom gotcha. more than anything. The Sweet Katie has a, a deeper, darker burgundy blossom. Yeah. Timeless Beauty is... Uh, it's pink, but it's a darker pink. It's not like the native one, that real light pink yeah. one. Uh, but the nice thing about those two varieties is they're not producing a seed pod. So a lot of time you'll see the older ones or ones with the pink blossoms. They bloom and all of a sudden you see this pod on yeah. it. Being not, pretty. Not, yeah. You like it. See, I'm not a pod person. <laughs> I don't like pods on okay. my trees and my plants. I sort of so. do. I like balls, I pods, know. beans. You and... do. I don't. <laughs> but they also bloom longer yeah. because they're not producing that pod. Yeah. So, and then the chitalpa, we carry a, a nice chitalpa. And chitalpa is a cross between a desert willow and a catalpa tree. Yeah. Catalpas have the, that great big monster leaf that blooms. Um, we have one called morning cloud and we also usually carry pink dawn too. So morning cloud is a white blossom. Neat. So kind of neat because yeah. it really shows up in all that green foliage. Uh, and there again, it's not producing a pod so that you do get to enjoy those blooms a bit longer and you don't have to deal with a pod. So trees aren't focused in on seed production. Mm -hmm. So it self prunes when it's done blooming, it sheds that flower by itself. Mm -hmm. And then it goes, Oh, I should really bloom this form bean. So it's always, we've just bred that bean piece out of it. Mm -hmm. So it's all, it produces pulsates, right. waves of flowers, mm -hmm. much more than the native varieties that grow here. Right. So it's a native variety. We just bred a preferred native variety right here at waters garden center <laughs> <laughs> and then a tree that does produce a pod that you love and i don't love but 
you know, got to have a tree for everybody is the mimosas. Sure. Uh, are blooming in town right now. And they have that real pretty kind of pink blossom on them. They do get a really nice canopy. I will say that for them, nice canopy tree. Uh, we have some chocolate mimosas in right now. So the, the foliage on them is more of a, it's a pretty brown. It's not brown like I'm dying brown. It's, it's a like purple pretty, brown, like a mocha brown. It's mm-hmm. chocolate mamoka. <laughs> Not mimosa, mimoka. Anyway, <laughs> mocha. There's color. a new name for it. Yeah. <clears throat> so those we have those trees in that are just really blooming quite nicely through town right now. We also have chase tree. So chase Chased or chase, chased, chase. Anyway, C H A S T E. Okay, chased. chased. Yep. Yes. So it has a purple blossom on it, almost like a like a big butterfly or a lilac. One of the really stands out, really pretty. Uh, purple blossom on it. Not a huge tree. So if you're looking and you've got a smaller yard, smaller space, they get yeah. 12, 15 feet sure. tall, probably 10 to 12 feet it, wide. It strikes me as a like a, a, a Russian stage on steroids. <laughs> yeah. So instead of just this cute little hip high blue shrub thing, it goes, right. oh, 12 feet. But similar kind of leaf, similar kind of color, but right. pollinators, you're, you're describing mm-hmm. Hummingbird and butterflies love all these summer blooming plants. Definitely. Yeah. So trace tree is really pretty too. And then we have some really, the, um, I'm having a brain. I'm here for you. Brain loss, brain loss. (laughs) The things that are blooming, the shrubs that are real pretty right now. Butterfly bush, chase tree. Great myrtle. Great myrtles. I wasn't yes. going there. <laughs> I know. And all these others. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't help me at all, but I got there anyway. So the great myrtles are really starting to bloom around yeah. town. And we have some real pretty ones. We have the red rooster and the Arapapo in, which are more reddish ones. Yeah. Really pretty. We have, I think it, I don't know if it's a new variety or new to us. It's called Double Feature. Oh, that is new. Um, huh. And it's actually a re-blooming crepe myrtle. Cool. That's unusual. So a lot of times the crepe myrtles bloom and they have that real pretty bright blossom. And then they put like a little pod. Little ball. Little seed pod. You're, yeah. you're anti-pod today. You're an anti-podite. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but this one doesn't produce that. So it blooms again. And it's yeah. kind of a red red color as well yeah. uh, but there's rhapsody in pink if you want a bright pink one there's zuni which is lavender um there's a white one which i forget is there the purple name. in that too is there purple oh yeah like, there's purple anyway, okay. um i can't remember all the names because literally we have a lot of gray myrtles of yeah. Yeah. this is a time they like to be planted when it's hot out they want to be when it's 110 out they'd mm-hmm. be even happier so right. they're, they're happy in the summer mm-hmm. all and these guys they are gals or do they have those I don't Gender. know. <laughs> yeah. We'll let that one go. So the other things that are blooming around town right now are Rose of Sharon. So the hibiscus, Rose of Sharon. Uh, there again, kind of a multitude of colors. Too many um, almost. Like the heat, like the sun. So there's there's white ones with dark pink centers. There's purple. There's doubles. Uh, there's a real pretty i think probably my favorite is the bluebird kind of even though it's not really blue it's kind of purpley blue depends on the ph of the soil i think it puts on a pod <laughs> no no it doesn't don't. well Actually, no it doesn't no i was trying to think when they're done blooming but you're right you're the garden guy <laughs> yeah, there we go <laughs> respect on the airwaves except 
at home. Oh. <laughs> um, we also have in some of the Moshito hibiscus. Oh, did they come in? They did Confederate come in. Rose is another name. Mm-hmm. So that's the hibiscus. It goes completely dormant to the ground in the wintertime. In fact, you think, oh my gosh, it's never coming back. And then it comes back up. But it has those beautiful, beautiful six, eight inch bigger it's bigger than your blossoms. Hand. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Very, it's like a tropical striking. hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Only hibernates underground, comes back fresh. It'll grow three, four feet mm-hmm. a year and then put on these huge flowers. It's right. magnificent. So, yeah, so this is a great time for those mm-hmm. summer blooming trees and shrubs and perennials mm-hmm. here at Waters Garden Center. Thank you, Lisa. We are out of time. Okay. Ken Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Purple Robe Locusts, Vine and Akevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So like I had mentioned, I know I I missed a couple things. I get off on these tangents and start going down the rabbit hole and trying to explain it better. And it's actually hard. Radio is like a two-dimensional, you have to be a wordsmith. I'm actually better at writing. Now you've got to, to, to scale, to describe a, a garden project task within five to 600 words. You got to be really right on. Radio is great and then it lets you expound upon that a little bit, but it's still too demand. You can't see it. You can only hear it. And so you're trying to describe things with words. So I try the best I can. I appreciate you tuning in and listening every week. I, I, I really do appreciate that. I love you coming to the garden center, letting us know about it. But I know I'd mentioned uh, watering. So right now, if you've got a, a an established landscape, let's see, an older landscape, it's at least two years old or older, it's rooted out for a couple seasons, you should be watering that landscape, trees, shrubs, vines, the deeper rooted things, roses, you should be watering that once a week. That's pretty good, especially with our heavy clay soils. Now, I'd mentioned vegetables, herbs, flowers might be a little more often, but your deeper rooted stuff... They've got roots all over the yard. You should be able to deep soak that and let it go for a week. Um, deep soak meaning a, a, an inch of water that you see on top of the surface of the of the garden will penetrate about six inches of soil. So if you've got a, a tree, let's say it's a big 15-gallon raywood ash or, or big, beautiful red maple or new aspen, it's got a root structure that probably goes down 18, 24 inches. So you might need four inches of water showing on top of the soil for it to penetrate that entire root zone. And then you really do want to go a little deeper. If you're truly watering well, you're watering deeply, you're encouraging those roots to go follow that water, go after it more. If you're doing that, 
it takes quite a while, days in fact, for that amount of soil and moisture in that soil to dry out. So if you're watering every single day a little bit, that water, it's only half an inch of water on the surface, just barely spitting. And then it's, it's only going to go down the soil, maybe two, three inches. That's not very deep. Those roots are not very deep, especially if they're exposed, you know, covered in rock. And now the sun is baking down and it's sunburning that soil. It dries out very quickly. So it might be even more dependent on you to water every day because you're only you're not watering enough. You need to increase the quantity of water and then decrease the cycles. So one deep soak a week, no more than two should be good for roses, uh, established uh, cypress, cedars, junipers. And so they should, should be able to go if you're watering deep enough. Now, with that being said, brand new things. So I'm a gardener, like probably you are, because you're tuned into a garden show on a weekend when you could be out golfing. Otherwise, you'd be tuned into the golfing show or fishing. You'd be the fishing show or, or you're a gardener. You're a gardener, whether you think you are or not. You're tuned into a garden show. Come on. We're talking about water in your landscape. That says something about you right there alone. But anyway, I've got a lot of new plants because I'm a gardener. I like adding. I like playing. I like seeing. I like trying new plants. So I've got my yard established and I'm, I've got the cycle. I've got the clock set for one deep soak. It waters for about two hours at a time. I've got two gallon per hour emitter heads for two hours. It's getting it pretty deep. It's pushing that water down in there pretty good. But then I'm adding some new, let's say I just planted a new rose, just planted two new Italian cypress just last weekend. And so those I need to water twice a week because that root structure hasn't had time to expand out into the surrounding soil. It's still stuck. It's still in that 5, 10, 15 gallon root ball. And so it'll take a couple years for those roots to finally spread out and and go past the drip line farther out into the landscape where they become very robust, very deep, deep rooted. And so, but until that happens, you've got to train it. It's more dependent on you on on the water cycle. And then you've got to train it to grow roots deeper. The way you do that is I just hand water. I, I, I put it on the drip system with the rest of the landscape. And then I'll go out by hand and water that thing. Give it two, three, five gallons of water. And in addition to the regular drip irrigation, or if I got my hose out, I'll just go, yeah, yeah it feels like a Sunday time to water my plants and I'll give it a deep soak. So I add to it. So I, I'm supplementing my, my drip system to make sure my new, new guys really start to take off those pretty new, uh, hibiscus or rose of Sharon's a beautiful crepe myrtles that are starting to bloom. The Russian sage are glorious right now. I've got a new one called crazy blue Russian sage. It's a dwarfed variety. So it doesn't get as big and, and rangy. Doesn't, doesn't, not as aggressive, doesn't seed everywhere. And the blue is as intense as you've ever seen. It's almost, it's a deep, rich blue. So a new type of Russian sage. It, until you get that thing rooted out, until you get it established, it does need some water from you. And so a couple times a week is plenty. And so in addition, some of my older, more mature areas. So I've got a, a beautiful, it's probably a, a 30 foot weeping redwood, freakishly weird, very rare. I probably am the only one in my part of the town in Prescott that, that has one of these. And it's magnificent. Huge columnar type redwood tree that with a, with a side branch, it weeps right over. It just, it's just like, it's almost like a 
personality sitting out there in the landscape behind the pond. It's beautiful. It was looking a little dry. I'm watching it for uh, spider mites because uh, uh, redwoods, your evergreens can sometimes get some spider mites. And I don't want this ancient, this thing's been in 20 years. I don't want to take my eye off the ball in summer when I know spider mites are out and just have it go one or two weeks too long. I just missed it when I, when I know they're going to hit it. So I'm almost just spraying that particular plant uh, as a preventative. I use, uh, we caught a new product called Sayonara. Sayonara, buddy. You're out. It's a bug killer, bug, bug tree uh, spray. Um, so it just, you spray that and boy, it keeps them off for like a month or more. It gets you through summer, but I'll just spray that with that. And then I watered that part of the garden because I want to keep it hydrated because hydrated plants, yes, it's on drip. Yes, the drips were put in 20 years ago. And it's not enough. And I don't want to go digging underneath that tree to go find it. And I know I've got other plants around it that I've planted. I know it's feeding root off of those. But what I do is I'll just go, well, I just want to make sure. And about once a month, I'll take my hose out there by it. And I have a little fan sprinkler, little cheesy aluminum add-on to that. Just makes it bubble up. And it just sprays that part of the gardens. That that particular weeping uh, redwood and all the other shrubs around. It covers like a, I don't know, 20 by 20 area. It does a pretty good job. I'll, I'll run it for like an hour or so, maybe an hour and a half. Or sometimes I'll get on another project and I forgot the water's on. <laughs> maybe two hours. So anyway, I just water that section, but don't overdo it. If you water an evergreen too much, it'll actually rot. I'm seeing just as much root rot as I am. I just didn't water enough. I mean, one quart a day is not enough water for a big new apple tree or peach. It probably needs five to 10 gallons a week, not a quart a day. What is that? Under two gallons, like a gallon and a half of water. A quart doesn't even water the first. That's no water. So you got to water. You got to, these drip systems are very slow. It's super efficient. They need to run for a long time before they get enough moisture pushed down into that root zone for that plant to become really healthy. Sometimes you can simply and just manually go out there and assist that drip system until the rains come. Once the rains come, looks like the there is some 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 monsoon rains in West Texas and New Mexico is getting it right now. So pretty consistently. So you'll see that thing float over. It'll hit the White Mountains. It's hit a couple times. It'll finally float over. We're still two, three weeks away before that really, truly happens. Usually the first part of July is when things start to actively happen. And the humidity goes up and you'll feel it. You're going, man, it's not only hot, but now it's humid. My goodness. Then it'll rain in the afternoon, take off. And then all the your plants will just go nuts. That's why it's such a good time to fertilize everything in the landscape right now. Use the 744 all-purpose plant food. You should do that by the end of this month and pray for rain. If you do that, you it'll be a game changer for those stressed out evergreens, the fruit trees. It'll just help them to fruit to plump right back up. Flowers, if you deadhead them and fertilize them, will start to take off again with brand new growth. This is a tremendous time, ideal time to summer fertilize your landscape, the entire thing. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. 
If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So it ended on, you you should fertilize, and and that's everything, from flowers to vegetables, trees, shrubs, fruit trees, just whatever you got, the lawns, fertilize everything. Now through July 4th, just, just take a good granular food, fertilize everything. In addition to that, and I've, I've already done all that with mine. I've fertilized everything with the all-purpose plant food. In addition, I'm spreading on my flowering things, Russian sage, autumn sage, salvia gregii, the, the uh, um, hibiscus, the hydrangeas, uh, crepe myrtles, all the roses. If you can also give, give those particular flowers a handful of super phosphate in addition to at the same time, but in addition to your all purpose food, this is zero eighteen zero. It's all phosphorus, that middle number, nitrogen, phosphorus, potash, that first number is nitrogen. Second number is phosphorus. That's what causes roots and blooms. If you want bigger fruits, give them phosphorus. And then potash at last number, that's mainly for uh, disease hardiness, sturdiness, thick the thickness of stems and leaves, uh, disease resistance. Really what plants need, especially if they're blooming a lot, like your, your roses have been amazing all spring and all of a sudden they're taking a break. Cut those dead roses off, give them super phosphate and fertilize them. They will just go within sometime in July, they will be covered again in flowers, just like that. So I just, I kind of juice everything up with just kind of like a, a Snickers bar, as far as uh, human foods go, the the all-purpose food is like steak and potatoes. Long-term, I could go all day with this kind of meal. Ooh, I'm feeling kind of heavy. Let's keep growing. And then the super phosphate's kind of like, woo, I just need a buzz. I just need a, just a Snickers bar. Let's just go for a sugar sugar high. Let's get some to bloom like crazy. So that's that's what, those are two things I've done already. I'm supplementing watering. And then also watch those weeds. Weeds are going to become a serious problem here in about two weeks. As soon as we get that first, we don't even need rain. Just some humidity goes up and it will be a weed will go crazy. So I'm spreading weed and grass stopper down before the first rain comes. Get it down now. And so once that goes down, it's a granular form. And then it keeps that seed from germinating and putting a taproot down. It eliminates taproots. So roots never get established on, on your weeds. These are these are goat head, whorehound, uh, tumbleweeds, all those the foxtail, all the dandelions, all those weeds that come up at us. As soon as that summer, there's a whole summer series that are really bad. 
uh, it'll keep them from even coming into your yard. Not only that, but we've had a lot of wind. So this wind is blowing these seeds in at you, but you haven't had weeds, but you will as soon as we get some moisture. So if you put that weed and grass stopper down at the same time that you're putting your fertilizer, get the hand spreader out, just sling it around. Um, weed and grass stopper does not affect any plants that you already have in your yard. So put it around your roses, put it through your flower beds. It's fine. It only affects seed, keeps them from coming up. So anyway, that's, that's kind of, there we go. We're a whole show in like uh, six segments or less. There we go in an hour. So uh, garden classes, they're every Saturday now at 9.30. Michelle is, Michelle Hyatt, one of our, she she manages half the nursery here at Waters Gardens Center, a brilliant horticulturalist. All things blooming, fruiting, vegetables, perennials, she's it. She does all of our grows. She talks to all of our growers very intimately. I mean, like, like she knows exactly when they're going to come off, when they're going to be available, how to grow them. She's going to teach the heat-loving perennials which ones grow and like this summer. That's this Saturday at 930. And then next week, every week, we've got a new class. There's vegetables, uh, fruit trees, how to have summer bloomers. So tech, check out the website, watersgardencenter.com. You'll see at the very front there on that main page, classes. Just hit that button. It's sure the entire, goes through the fall. We go through, I think November, no, through Halloween through October. Actually, I think there's even a class in the first week in, in November, the evergreens of, of fall. So living Christmas trees kind of stuff. So evergreens start coming in. Anyway, check that out. Classes every Saturday at 930. We, it's all free. They're about an hour long. We just want you to be a better gardener to know what's really going on here in the mountains of Arizona. Ken Elisa Lane and the mountain gardeners. We love talking to fans of the show throughout the week here at Waters Garden Center. I was raised in a nice house with my family. Now I'm out on my own and have my own apartment. I love my cute little place, but there's something I do miss. I miss my mom's garden in the backyard. It was so special because over the years I was growing up, I watched her give those flowers and plants such a personal, loving touch and so much color. I miss it so. Well, guess what? I just visited my local garden center and they gave me some great ideas. And now, because of them, when I look out my patio window, I see the beautiful planter they suggested, teeming with flowers, bright Arizona flowers. Looking at those flowers gives me such a nice feeling, and it's almost like being with mom in the backyard all over again. Want help with planting? It's all online at plant-something.org. Brought to you by the Arizona Nursery Association at plant-something.org. You'll love it, too. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.